Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. And I'm really excited about today's guest, Max. He's a gentleman born and raised in Vancouver. He's lived throughout the world and then he's back to the Pacific Rim. But he is the founder and CEO of Amplify You, and he's also an um, uh, independent financial advisor with more than 10 years in the industry. So today's talk is going to be all about finances, financial literacy, financial freedom, and I'm happy to welcome him to the show. So welcome. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, I know we had uh, we had gotten connected. And um, so, you know, talk to us about your story, how you got into the financial services, and we'll get into what the work that you're doing now. Oh, great question. Well, back around the turn of the uh, century, I followed a lady to Korea from Vancouver, and that didn't work out in terms of our relationship, but did meet my wife there, which was awesome, and um, fell into English teaching, which a lot of people kind of do if they speak English and they live in Korea and Japan. and. I love the teaching part, especially young kids. English got a little bit boring after a while because it's very basic conversation that you're teaching. Like, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Repeated all day long. So I really also realized at the same time I hadn't learned about um, finances as a kid. Um, in fact, when I wanted to buy a condo in Vancouver, which has some of the world's most expensive real estate, this was 30 years ago when I wanted to buy it, my dad said that was crazy. Yeah, I didn't come from, a, my parents were hardworking and they were very well-meaning and they raised me very well and did everything that they could for me, but they didn't really have a good understanding of, of money. So I wanted to learn about that. And I got into stocks around the crash in 2008. That was really interesting. Then I said, you know, hey, I want to do this full-time. So I ended up going back to Canada with my family, working at a big bank for about eight years. And the big bank was great because I met tons of people, built that network and learned all about the industry. At the end of the day, I felt that, you know, banks doing what they're doing, they're transactional. They're focused on making those sales and getting you to sign here. And so I really wanted to put my clients and people first. And that's why four years ago, I migrated to independent practice. So what I do now is I focus on that education, really getting to know people first and seeing how I can help them. And then if there is a product that I'm going to help someone with, that will come. But I don't start with that. I start with the person. Does that make sense? I love that. And, um, you know, because um, just like doctors, doctors are, you know, for lack of a better term, being commoditized. And, you know, so you have to find a way to differentiate yourself, create a category of one where you're competing against yourself, not against other people. And so same thing with financial advisors, you know, with robo advising AI, you know, everything's going to zero. So you have to figure out ways to stand out. So, um, and some of those are talk, you advocate socially responsible investing. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what does that mean? 
Well, why do you invest generally? Why do people want to invest? Well, mostly people want to invest either for, you know, their future, you know, for their kids' education, maybe for a house, maybe to build a company, uh, usually for something where something they want to put down the money now for a, a later future payout. Exactly. You want that money to grow. And then that's the main reason for investing. So socially responsible investing is doing that in a way that's not only good for your portfolio, but the other two P's as well. And those two P's are the planet and other people. So you invest in a way that helps all stakeholders in this world. And I'll give you an example. There is a mining company in the Andes in South America mining gold and they're in the middle of nowhere. And what they did is they went to this school that's very rural and they connected that school to the grid and they gave every kid a tablet. So now all these kids are connected to the internet with Wi-Fi they didn't have before. Now, obviously that cost the gold company money out of their bottom line, but hey, lo and behold, six months down the road when that mine is in full operation, you don't have indigenous protesters blockading that mine saying, hey, you cut us out of the profits, where's our fair share? So it's, why did that company you know, invest in the community? Because that's actually their values. They care about the community. That's part of their mission statement. And funny enough, it dovetails with the profits because it helps that company end up making more money. And if you just think about it this way, like what kind of company is going to prosper in this environment? A company that takes care of the environment and communities or a company that doesn't? And there might be a short-term gain by, you know, forgoing the environment or not taking care of the local people, but in the long-term, it'll bite you back. And that's really what people want nowadays. People want, you know, they don't just want to go to Starbucks and have a coffee. They want to have a coffee that they know is supporting a farmer with a fair price for their coffee beans. And that's how a lot of the younger generation are thinking. And that's the way investments are going and you can see that big transition out of the um, carbon-based energy, the oil and gas, and the coal into the green energy. And it's only accelerating. So really, that's the smart place to put your money as well for your own pocket, because that's what's going to keep growing. Yeah, it's quite interesting because, um, you know, my wife and I were reminiscing uh, over the weekend. They were talking about when the whole world shut down and um, the air cleaned up and like the weather got better and nature was like so much happier and it's just so interesting how you know the destruction that we humans put on the uh environment so um and uh it's always interesting and you know a lot of the um gen z and um the younger generation they'll actually pay double for a coffee if it helps support the environment or helps support social causes you know they're more geared towards um to, towards what you call socially responsible investment and then you're also advocating financial literacy and you're using finance as a power tool to help give back more to charity um you know this is something not commonly you know a lot of times it's like the bottom line the PL. but um you know talk about the power of giving back excellent well i make giving back a big part of my practice and I, that's because i started off as a pretty selfish kid <laughs> and really always thinking about me, myself, and I, and what can I do to make my world better? And not really having gratitude for what's around me and for all the gifts that I had. And then slowly my eyes, I would say, start to open, especially after I had kids and they started to grow up and just saw how lucky I was that they were healthy. And then, you know, you see other people's kids, they might not be that healthy. Like 
It could be in a children's hospital or in our city of Vancouver, we have a huge homeless um, issue mm -hmm. with a lot of people just living on the streets. There's addiction. And yeah. um, that's true. So I, I really want to make that a big part of um, what I do is, is that giving back and taking care of that community around us because we're all in this together. And um, so what I do is um, say that you were a new prospect and we were connecting for just an intro chat at the end of our chat to thank you for your time, what I would do is offer a give back to your favorite charity. Um, whether or not you become a client, that's just what I want to do. And that's how I run, run my show. Um, and that gives me a great chance to learn about what's important to you. Cause I've learned about so many different causes from say battered women to muscular dystrophy, to homelessness and addiction, to mental health. I mean, there's so many different causes out there and you learn about the struggles that people went through with their own families or their friends. So that's a big part of what I do. And I would say the power tool, well, what do charities need? They need money, right? Because a lot of people will say, and kind of don't get me started on this, but uh, well, you could say like, I've heard, that, have you heard that criticism that charities shouldn't be um, paying their staff? That's one thing that comes up, right? Uh, I mean, there is a, for example, in Houston, we have a, we have a mega church and there's a pastor and I think he's uh, making like twenty, like in a, it's just, it's an egregious amount, and he's gonna come under uh, fire for that. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then even sometimes people think that even that staff member shouldn't get fifty or a hundred thousand for doing what they do. They should volunteer, but in reality, you want skilled people to work at charities, and they should people have to be paid for what they do, right? Because we all have to eat and make a living. So yes, charities spend money on ad admin, but that aside. What do charities need? They need money because that's how they fund their social programs. So we want to help charities get more money. And then finance is a tool to do that. And you know, finance is a way to take small amounts of money and to make them into bigger amounts of money. Because we talked about that investing component. So charities are often focused on hand to mouth. How much can they raise in the next quarter to fund their capital campaign? And they're always focused on soliciting those donations. If they could learn to sort of invest in themselves and finance can be a way to do that, then they can really build these huge amounts without going to too much detail, life insurance on the donor so that when they pass away, they leave that charity a huge gift. That can be a, a way to really magnify the amount they leave behind for charity. Because as you know, with life insurance, we put in a certain amount and then when we do pass away, that payoff is very large. So that can create lots of legacy gifts for those charities if they can sort of think more in the future. And that that's really the challenge is to get charities thinking about how do we create more in the future and not focus so much on the now? Yeah, it's all about investing for today, for tomorrow. And basically, you want to take that profit and use it for good, social good, environment. And then also, um, you know, especially in this in the West, where the media portray the ultra elite and wealthy and you know these yachts and but we're talking responsible investing creating achieve a win-win scenario for our portfolios and so talk a little bit about the tenets of uh, responsible investing a responsible investing well, i would say going back to those three p's so the people the portfolio and and the planet and just that people want more from what they do today just like you mentioned people willing to pay double for the price of a uh, cup of coffee that supports those causes really fun to and we're going back to what is the value add. I think that is the value add that I, I can bring is just helping connect 
people in the community and then connect charities to clients even and help those charities and clients work together. For example, one client, she was quite, we actually noticed on her tax returns that she had been giving to the Kidney Foundation year after year. And we asked about that, right? Um, would you be okay to share about that? And it turned out that her aunt um, got a kidney from her mom, which saved her aunt's life. And so that's a really impactful part of our work is, is learning about those kind of things that, that tie everyone together. And so we connected her with a kidney foundation and she became an even bigger supporter of them and found a way to, to do that with the limited resources she had. And she was in tears with the gift that she could create. So I would say that, yeah, those are the things that are really impactful about what we do is creating those human connections and creating more for everybody. So when we say win-win, we're not looking at what can I gain and what can you lose? We're looking at how do we both gain? Yeah, I love that. And it's it's so great to see people in the financial industry actually start to talk about giving back, you know, being responsible away from, you know, greed and corruption and, you know, all these scandals. Uh, so it's, it, you know, it's very refreshing to see somebody talk, you know, talk about using finances in a good way, you know, as opposed to just hoarding and con consuming and, you know, showing off and et cetera. The other thing is that you're very uh, active in is you're helping moms and dads create a solid plan for their family's financial future. Why, uh, why can't people, why, why can't the schools uh, do this? Is That's one of the big questions <laughs> I've always had. <laughs> schools seem to be very conservative just because education is run by the government for the most part and the, the government is run by bureaucrats who are pretty conservative. I don't think education has evolved too much. They're starting to teach a little bit of personal finance in schools, but um, it's not really a focus. Yeah, my kids learned for three months about the fur trade in Canada and, and the US, like in, that's like talking 300 years ago. Is that really something you want to spend three months on? I don't know. So yeah, I don't quite have the, the resources to answer that question, why we're not doing more in schools. But I will say, um, why moms and dads? Because when you're a parent, especially in an expensive city like Vancouver, then there's a lot of competing priorities. You, know, you want to put your kid in sports, you have to pay all the daily needs. Plus your kid might need braces. You know, all, all kids kind of need some kind of supplementary or here and there. And then the vacations that you want to go on. So there's all those kind of things that add up. And then in addition to that, how do you save for your kids university and college? And how do you save for yourselves in your own retirement? So there are all those challenges. So juggling all that is something I help parents do and juggling those priorities. And then also, you know, learning about all the options available, because there's a lot of government grants available that people don't know about. So all families need to do sometimes just apply for these grants, and they can get free money from the government to fund their education plan, or to supplement their income. So just yeah. letting people know, that's why we say knowledge is power, because if you teach people these things, they then, they then have those tools in their toolbox to be able to do more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It there's a joke among, uh, you know, we had a joke here where the modern, modern educational school system here in the state um, designed by the industrialists to put people in factories, you know, it was kind of designed to train them to work in factories and it hasn't changed much since. So um, it's, 
on us to really get that financial literacy and our financial freedom and learn how money works, you know, the fractional reserve, how credit debt, you know, income, all that. So um, the other thing is uh, that's talking about is, um, so you have a, um, so you, your financial advisor, you also, what is the abundance wealth community and how can people check out your work, visit your website, contact you, your social media and so on. Abundance Wealth Community is my company and my website as well. And the meaning behind that, well, abundance refers to what I believe is abundant in the world. Like there's enough food, water, air, land, even money for everyone. It's just that sometimes we have these limiting beliefs, right? Like we think there's not enough time, there's not enough money, there's not enough land. And I really believe that we can create our future, create what we want. And there's enough for everyone so that that's getting people to, to buy into that abundance mindset as opposed to the scarcity or lack mindset yeah. and the wealth means i want to bring everyone up to the same standard of living so you and i and everyone else on the street deserve three meals a day a roof over our heads decent medical care education as those are like our basic rights and community is what ties us all together so it's relationships that are our super power as human beings, you know, we're all about, it's all about relationship, right? Um, do you ever read those old comics from like the seventies or sixties? Do you ever bump into any of them? My <laughs> brother had a big stack of them. And then there was, um, there was always these funny science fiction things. So there, there was a evil wish machine and a guy came across this wish machine and he wished for the most money in the world. And then what the evil wish machine did is teleport him to a distant galaxy on this remote planet where he was the only person there with a huge pile of gold and jewels and uh, and cash. So think about like how absurd that is, but also think about like how important relationships are to us because it's not money is just that tool to help us do what we want to do. But in the end, it doesn't have any meaning by itself. It's what what gives us our meaning is those relationships, that community. and. Um, yeah, so I'm practicing here in Vancouver, BC. So I do help clients in Canada. Um, based on my licensing, it, it would have to be if I'm going to help you with an actual plan that you're a Canadian resident. In terms of people around the world, I'm happy to connect with anyone for phone call or email if you have questions, because what I'm here to do is provide that education. So I don't charge my, for my time. More than happy to share that. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn and um, even on my website, you, you can subscribe to my newsletter. I love to uh, share about financial stuff in a way that's fun, relatable, and for the layperson. So it, I don't use a lot of those jargon or complex terms. I want to make it understandable. Yeah. And abundancewealthcommunity.com is my website. Feel free to check it out. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me of a saying my mentor once said, it, um, money is just basically a these days it's only it's a number on a screen now and you know it used to be paper and ink so it's basically energy potential energy used mm -hmm. to help people you can do a lot of good things you know basic living this this idea of wealth also wealth versus you know richness typically in the west we're conditioned you know well wealth is status and income and you know the size of your house and all of that but you know really wealth is time and health and you know that type of abundance and freedom so really interesting to delineate and really 
interesting to talk. I love talking financial literacy. Um, and uh, it's that's one of my passions. And um, for all the listeners out there, let's thank Max for coming on to the show um, and sharing his knowledge and wisdom. All of his resources and work will be in the links and show notes. He's on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and uh, other platforms. And uh, with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me today, Chris. It was great to joining your show. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. Without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.